0: Hi there, thanks for tuning in to the G-Force Podcast, a show for car enthusiasts by car enthusiasts. It's no secret that car enthusiasts love driving, often at higher rates of speed. Whether it be blasting down the freeway or carving up a canyon road, the inner speed freaks in us enthusiasts crave the tossing and turning of the G-Forces. This pursuit of making cars faster is so evident in the aftermarket parts world where most vehicles have tons of performance-oriented modified parts readily available. Car manufacturers, being the intelligent market analysts they are, have been keeping an eye on this trend ever since the first aftermarket performance parts came out. Each generation of car seems to get a bit faster and more performance-oriented than the previous as engineers work on implementing the latest racing technology into consumer vehicles. As mentioned in an earlier episode of G-Force, organized racing, in its various competitions that manufacturers participate in, it acts as a research lab for all things performance. The cutting edge in racing is the difference between the finishing first and finishing dead last. Therefore, car companies must innovate or die. That's how each year of racing improves over the previous. And as a byproduct, all this technology then eventually gets incorporated into consumer vehicles in some way, shape or form. Now I'm not about to say that this is a bad thing. Historically, this has been absolutely brilliant. Implementing racing tech to make consumer cars faster has given us so many legendary road going machines. From the legendary supercars like the Ferrari F40 and the McLaren F1, to homologation specials mentioned earlier, even more mainstream cars have benefited from this racing tech, with Corvettes and Mustangs becoming more menacing and fun to drive as they've gotten upgrades from the factory. Mercedes, BMW, and Audi have created whole lines of vehicles focused on performance, with their AMG, M, and RS lines respectively. If I came on here and berated racing technology being implemented into road cars, that would be borderline heresy. Actually scratch that, that would be full on heresy, as well as being hypocritical. I've talked about how great and how fun performance cars are to drive, and a lot of this is due to car manufacturers focusing on improving their car's performance with each generation of development. But I need to say this. Car manufacturers have taken this pursuit of ever-improving performance in road cars too far, and they're starting to take a lot of the fun out of our current cars. Driving is work, a job, a task. There is some required input of work, some effort in order to drive. The output is satisfaction, some sense of earning the outcome itself. Driving should be a rewarding and engaging sport where the amount of fun and joy is proportional to the focus on driving. Older performance cars are the peak of this. Driving should be enjoyable, something you can have a lot of fun in. Even though driving requires work, it should be invigorating, an escape from the craziness of the world. It's a visceral experience, something that engages all the senses and is profoundly emotional. Driving is the bond between the driver and the machine, the car constantly giving feedback to the driver based on the driver's inputs, and then the driver constantly feeding inputs based on the car's feedback. Again, older performance cars hit this peak. Now when I say older performance cars, I really mean any car that has not rolled off the production line within the last 5-10 to years. A lot of cars coming off the production lines since the later half of the 2010s have been a byproduct of manufacturers hyper-focusing on performance, not on fun factor. Modern cars are bending our minds of what we think is possible in regards to the physics of big, heavy street cars. There are machines that weigh 3 plus tons that can take off from a stop and exceed freeway speed limits in under 3 seconds. Three tons hitting 60 miles an hour in three seconds, that's mental. Yet, the issue is how engaging are these cars actually to drive? Or there are modern cars on the other extreme. Too hardcore and too focused on performance to properly be enjoyed on actual roads. One second on the throttle and you're doing arrest me now speeds. And you're really relying on the car's traction control and active aero to go fast rather than your own driving. Can these cars actually be fun to enjoy on the road? This is the issue. Car manufacturers are trying to turn up everything in their line up to a level of basically a street legal race car. Again, in theory, this sounds absolutely brilliant. However, SUVs and big heavy executive luxury sedans getting turned into race cars That's like mixing oil and water. It takes a lot of work to make it really work. And then again, the other example the other extreme, taking a performance car and making it even faster and faster with each generation. We've gotten to a point now where the limiting performance factor is not car related, but it's the actual drivers. In both cases, what this means is that car companies are turning to computers to capitalize on performance. Computers have been used extensively in cars since carburetors were replaced with electronic fuel injection, and since ABS and traction control have been more standard on road cars. In these cases, the computers were helping nudge the driver in the right direction, and not carrying the bulk of the driving responsibility. Now though, computers dominate almost every single aspect of driving. It's pretty much impossible to escape them. You start up a car without a key, and immediately a series of computers come to life, scanning and sensing what is the best way to maximize the performance given the conditions and given what buttons the driver pushed. The driver can just mash the throttle and the car does the rest, even cutting out throttle if the computer says so. With computers, and also with this pursuit of performance, cars have become more sterile, A controlled space where the only goal is to go fast. The only excitement comes from whatever the computer spits out, not directly based on what the driver puts into the driving experience. Sure, now we can go as fast in big SUVs as we could in old supercars, but at what cost? These traditionally luxury machines are ruined by sports suspension, wheels, and brakes all of which get inputs from computers to optimize for going fast. There is no pursuit to make the driver work for a rewarding driving experience. What if car manufacturers decided to end this pursuit of max performance everything, and instead focused on building cars to maximize on fun factor and driver engagement? Sure, the numbers would indicate that this path would be a regression on car development, no progress being made. But the numbers might be lying. Instead of having cars of all shapes and sizes controlled by computers that are too fast to properly be enjoyed on the roads, we could have slower but more engaging cars. Cars that we would want to hold on to for years and years, putting on mile after mile. Car manufacturers could use technology to build more durable cars that could better stand the test of time. Sure. This goes against the current business model most car companies follow, where they're trying to constantly outdate last year's model in order to sell this year's latest edition. But shifting to building engaging and fun cars would be a very welcome change in the world of car enthusiasts. What are your thoughts on the current projection of performance in consumer vehicles? Are you all for these advances in technology to make cars faster and faster? Or do you agree that we are losing out on driver engagement just to shave a few seconds here and there on a 0-60? to 60? Reach out to us at gForce on Twitter and we'd love to hear some of your feedback.